Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to the Pit Stop tonight. I'm your host, Stephen Wilson, and I've got Tim Spain with us tonight. I'm going to take this thing over a little bit tonight because Tim's got a little bit of technical issues on his side. So uh, forgive me, I don't know where all the buttons are. He's going to try and uh, get the, the little buttons and everything that he uses uh, working just in here in just a little bit. But I just want to get this thing going on along. We've got a lot of things to talk about tonight, this weekend from Kentucky. Speedway, we had three races going on. We were off last week and uh, and didn't get to talk about Daytona the previous week, but there's been a lot coming out here this past weekend at Kentucky, a lot coming out today already and this week here in the world of NASCAR and the racing community as it is. But we need to get this thing rolling here real quick like so we can get to everybody. And at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have B.J. McLeod from B.J. McLeod Motorsports Racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, as well as he raced this past weekend for Rick Ware Racing at Kentucky Speedway. And coming up uh, as a late addition to our show, Dennis McMire from Richmond Raceway. They're going to come on to talk about all the things that went on today. A lot of announcements coming out of there. They've, uh, they have uh, agreed to join us and start talking, uh, talk a little bit about that. But first off, I want to bring on Reverend Joe and get things started real quick. Reverend, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. How, uh, how's, how's it going out there? I can tell you one thing. It's been about 95-plus degrees out here for the last couple of days, and humidity out here is is enough to almost uh, kill you by walking out the door. Well, the temperature gauge on the front of the outside of my house on the side where the sun is says 124. It's probably about 102 out, but there is no humidity, so that's a whole other deal. But I'm in the house where it's air-conditioned. So it's not so bad. Yeah, that 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 definitely helps, you know. But you go outside a little too long, or open that door, and it's about to beat you down. So, uh, oh yeah, you, you remember some. You remember, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember some of these Virginia summers out here about living out this way? Yes, I lived in the Northeast for years and raced up and down the East Coast. So, spent a lot of time in Virginia and North Carolina and all those things. So. I know what that humidity is like. And also, having been living in Washington State on and off for the last almost three years, I know what humidity is like, and I'm glad to be without it. I've only got to make one more four-day trip to Washington, and then I'm done. So I'm good. So let's get this party started. I know you've got a lot to do. Please, when Dennis Bickmeyer comes on today, would you please give him my best? Tell him I'm always praying for him and his family. Well, 
So let's get started. Lord, we come before you, and we thank you so much for all you do for us. We thank you for your special watching over the racing community, all of our drivers, all the crew members, all the people involved. Uh, we thank you for the fact that we saw a couple of things happen over the weekend uh, with a couple of trucks for, uh, I believe, K&N haulers. One of them flipped over right in front of the other one. And no one was hurt, thank God. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We ask you to protect us all, watch over all of us at every racetrack this weekend and every day, and be with us all. And we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins so that we could come into heaven on just your name and your name alone. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. figure out how to use that this weekend. So uh although I just look me up on the pit stop and find my information there and get a hold me easily. So thank you so much. Have a great show and hope Tim gets his stuff straightened out. 
Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And uh, be safe out there. All right. God bless you. Have a great week. That is Reverend Joe coming on here to do the invitation as he always does every single week. But now it's now it's time to actually talk a little bit about what went on here this past weekend at Kentucky Speedway. A lot of news, as we said, coming out. And hopefully we finally got Tim to get back on here through his technical difficulties that he's had going I on got you, bud. tonight. All right, good, good, finally. So how's it going on down there in Alabama? You got that roof that I was asking about earlier this week. Uh, uh, well, Stephen, yeah, we uh, had some, we had a, we had a little slight storm come through here earlier, and I want to apologize for all that. You know, we had, I had the studio lined up, and I had to put you on the spot, but I'm gonna let you handle everything tonight because I'm on my cell phone, and I've actually got the studio up. You know, so you know, you probably noticed I sort of hit some of them buttons. But yeah, we had the storm come through earlier, and I come back in here, and both my laptops have crashed, but thankfully Suzanne stayed up, so Suzanne was able to answer calls and everything, but Stephen, you know, like you said, we had, uh, I had planned on playing, which I still have it brought up if I can find it, I gotta find everything, everything crashed, but the, uh, the, uh, big breaking news today, you know, come out of, uh, Furniture Row Race, and you and I both, the media, and all the buzz coming about, we all knew something was going on when Matt Kansas, uh, was in the media center at Kentucky this past weekend, and Bob Parker's asked him the question. I mean, you know, whenever Bob asked him that question, and he and he went where he did, you and I both knew something was going on with Matt Kenseth and Joe Gibbs Racing, correct? Yeah, and he really did say that he shouldn't have said what he did at the time he did, and said that he should have probably waited another week or two when let everything come out. Uh, and now, earlier today, I think everything has come out. It's probably not at the timeline that Joe Gibbs Racing really wanted it to come out. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and, you know, the, the that crew over there, J.D., Joe Gibbs, everybody that runs the 20 team, they, they had to make the decision to go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, put the news out there. And obviously everybody knew what was going to go on because somebody over at Joe Gibbs Racing was going to be out this year uh, to make way for Eric Jones. And it was just going to be a matter of who was going to be out. And nobody really knew at the beginning of the season that when Carl Edwards walked into a press conference uh, just a matter of a few weeks before Daytona and Speed Weeks kicked off and says, I'm not coming back. I'm not getting in that number 19 car. And they put uh, Daniel Suarez in that car. Uh, I mean, that that shocked a lot of people. So, I mean, it really could have come down to two people. It could have been Matt Kenseth or Carl Edwards in this situation of who would have been out of that car at this point in the season. But, you know, when he walked out um, and got out of that car, I think it made it a very easy choice for Joe Gibbs Racing on who they were going to let go because, obviously, Denny Hammer, he's under a long-term contract. You've got Daniel Suarez, who is now in that car, uh, now and um, you know you've got you've got that team working you know over there they're looking for young drivers they want stability for long periods of time over there and Eric Jones is the next in that stable to give them that stability for the next couple of years. And Stephen, also, uh, uh, if you would like to go ahead and read the uh, the statement there from uh, 
furniture row racing. Uh, the breaking news there. Since I'm on here, I got I got my butts and everything. So uh, Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. Up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, just right outside of Richmond International Raceway. Stephen, let us know what uh, furniture row racing is like. Yes, I, I, I mean, it, as we were talking about this, you know, obviously Furniture Row Racing, they're going to be and have to make some kind of plans for the number 7017. You know, Barney Vester was, you know, but I'll, I'll get to the comment here in just one second, but, you know, Barney Vester was asked about that he he is owning for Furniture Row Racing at at Kentucky Speedway as to what they're going to do in, 28, in 2018. Um, and they said, you know, financially they don't know what they're going to do. So, you know, regarding – the statement from them today is regarding today's announcement with Eric Jones uh, will drive in the NASCAR Cup Series for Joe Gibbs Racing starting in 2018. Virgil Racing's commitment to Jones and the number 77 remains the same for the remainder of the season. Our goal is for Jones to qualify for the playoffs, make a run for the championship, and capture the review of the year honors. We will continue work, uh, we will work on our team plans for 2018, but don't have anything concrete at the time at, to report at this time, except for Martin Truex Jr. will continue to drive the number 78 Furniture Row racing Toyota. So, you know, aside from that, they really are not giving us anything of what's going to happen to that number 77, and they do have a charter for that for that car. Yeah. You're right, Stephen. With Furniture Row Racing having that charter, you know, just like uh, our good friend Ron Devine there. I mean, you know, Ron had his charters, you know, and he's – Ron sort of – I hate to sort of jump off the uh, – jump off the uh, tomato cart here and get on that, but the charter deal there, uh, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we can talk about this all night. But, Stephen, if I can, uh, which I, I know I throw the reins over to you, but I got in here and I found some buttons, and I know you wanted me to sort of – take some of the buttons, but I still want you to be the main the main host tonight. But uh if I can let's sort of let's sort of back the card up and play uh Matt Kenneth's interview there in the media center at, at Kentucky prior to what went down today with Furniture Road Race. Alright. Appreciate everybody joining us this morning. We're gonna go ahead go ahead and get started. I have a oh, that voice was coming from <laughs> with Matt Kenseth, driver of the number 20 Circle K Toyota. And, Matt, um, Kentucky has always been a pretty good track for you. You have um, six races here in the Monster Energy Series. You have six top tens and one win. So talk a little bit about coming back to Kentucky and what you expect this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's um, we, we've done okay here. Last year we ran much better than our finishing position. We just there, like there were seven of them that made it on fuel in front of us, and we didn't make it. But um, it's been a good track. we performed pretty well here in the past, but this is the uh, – third different configuration I guess we've raced on or a second repave and um, so don't really know what we're going to have here until really we we get going but yeah it's been a good track I enjoy it all right let's go ahead and get questions for Matt if you have one raise your hand say your name and affiliation and we're going to start up front Mark Darrow PRN Matt when I look at statistics just the numbers on the season one of the things that really leaps out is you know, at this time of year, last year, Joe Gibbs Racing batting almost 500. Uh, this year, you guys across the board are winless. That surprises me. Does it surprise you? And, and can you talk about the, you know, the fact that none of the four teams have made it to victory lane yet? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, a little surprising, but yet I've been doing this for quite a while and you have ups and downs, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, since this is my fifth year at JGR and, and 13 was a spectacular year, how we performed, um, you know, we came up short in a couple areas, but we ran really well. And then 2014, we ran, you know, really, really bad and only had a couple wins, I think, throughout the whole organization. One of them was a super speedway win. Um, you know, the 15 was really strong, 16 was pretty strong, and, um, you know, this year we just seem to be, you know, off a little bit. We do seem to be running much better lately. Uh, we've had a hard time turning those good runs or better runs into into finishes a lot, unfortunately. Uh, but I feel like we're definitely on upswing. Kyle's been fast enough to win three or four races if uh, all the circumstances would have went right. Uh, we've had one or two where I thought we were, uh, you know, competitive enough if, um, under the right circumstances, you know, without, you know, mistakes or problems where maybe we, we could have won. So uh, I feel like we're getting closer to that. We just um, just got to get things to go our way a little bit. Could I follow up and just ask where do you think the – or why the slow start to beginning at the beginning of the year? Was it the, the body style change? Was it anything else? Or was it a series of small things you got behind on that you've now caught up on? Well, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I can speculate, you know, like, like everybody else. I mean, I think when I look at just the 20, you know, we've, we've certainly had, uh, I think, on average, um, especially start off the year, a lot of problems kind of executing, you know what I mean? Like whether it's it's me making a mistake or things not going right or something out of our control, getting in a wreck. We had some hard wrecks early in the year that I uh, felt like we couldn't really avoid. Uh, maybe maybe one or two that we could have, but some that we couldn't. So we, we just had a lot of lot of things go wrong. Our performance hasn't been as good as it needs to be either. But uh, as far as how many how bad the finishes are and how many DNFs we have and everything, I mean that's a lot of uh, you know circumstances and and execution and being in the right place and and that type of thing. All right, I believe we had another. Go ahead. Ken Spencer, WHAS 11. Matt, last year at this track, even though it was a repave, it seemed like it was pretty racy. Last night at the, the truck race, it seemed like it was very racy. I mean, do you anticipate, even though they repaved it again, that this this race will be um, a little better than it, it had been in previous years? Uh, I don't know if it will be better than it was before they repaved it um, last year, but, but I do think that you know, for whatever reason, whether it's it's Goodyear, you know, with the tire, you know, matching up to less downforce, or if it's something different they're doing with the the pavement, it's it's been a lot better than typical repaves. You know, the the repave here last year, um, even Texas this year was much better and more forgiving than a typical repave. Uh, so I feel like they're making progress on that. What whatever they're doing, so I think the race will be okay. I don't think it's going to be super wide, but. Um, you know, it was pretty good last year, and, it, 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 you know, there's a lot of laps on the track this weekend, so hopefully it'll be good. All right, additional questions for Matt. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, Bob Pockers, ESPN. Uh, do you know where you're going to race Cup next year, and is there any worry about if you don't know where you're, you're going to be yet? <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, really worried about it. Um, you know, as of today, I do not have a, a job for next year, so... Uh, I certainly hope to still be racing. I think I got some wins left in me, and and hopefully we can race for championships. But uh, right now my focus is on you know finishing up this year. And uh, you know as we talked about, it's been kind of a slow start. It has not been a good year at all. Not nearly up to my standards or my team standards. So um, you know really trying to get back to victory lane. Hopefully get qualified for the playoffs here and and have a shot at a championship is pretty much my focus at this point. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it is. So, um, I, like I said, I don't have a, a, a ride at this moment for next year. I haven't really 
worked on anything real hard, but um, I, I do not think I will have the option to race at JJR next year, unfortunately. Right. Jerry, go ahead. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net and PRN. Then I want to follow up on that because uh, my question was, you know, Dale's leaving this year and your name has come up as a replacement for a year or so in the 88 until they can bring up their their development drivers and get them ready for cup. Is that an option that you're you're looking at or considering? Would you or does it surprise you that that your name's being tossed around for that? You know, I probably already said too much about uh, <laughs> what I'm not doing next year, so I don't really have anything to talk about for what I am doing. Like I said, at this point, at this point, I don't have anything going on for next year, and I'm pretty focused on trying to get running better this year and winning some races. All right, I believe we had another question up front. A little past that, the halfway point in the season, do you like the way that the stage racing has has come this year? Uh, do you like the how it's played out? Do you think it's been more exciting? You know, I think every race is different. I think the racing's been exciting. Um, I think, um, you know, to watch it, you know, from a fan standpoint, I think that there's been some definitely exciting moments and some mixed up strategy and things like that. Um, I probably don't watch, uh, you know, rewatch all the cup races right when I'm done, maybe as much as some of the other series. Some of the other series with the shorter races, you know, sometimes the stages seem a little short. Maybe they could be a little bit longer. Uh, but with our races, they seem like they're, they're pretty good lengths and seem to mix things up pretty good. Um, you know, so, so I don't know. This, this year to start off hasn't been a good year starting. You know, we, we didn't qualify well or we'd have problems. We'd finish okay sometimes but wouldn't get any stage points. And there's just a ton of points to be gained or lost there. So I uh, wish we had more than we did at this point. But, um, you know, if you can go out and get a win, I think get that gets you to the, the next part of the season you want to get to and you go from there. But it's, um, it, it's been okay. I think it's nice to know when the cautions are coming out.
we haven't heard yet. Are they going to add Bubba Wallace in that second team over there? Because we've heard uh, when, when they did do away with that second team out there that they would like to go back to two teams uh, at some point in the future. So, I mean, there's a lot of musical chairs that's just happening in this series right now with these charters. You're exactly right, David. And uh, like I said, uh, I'm going to throw the reins over to you, but I want to bring it up to the bottom of the hour. Uh, let's take a little quick break and listen to uh, listen to some music from my good friend, uh, Kid and Moon, a little bit of good whiskey. My good friend down there in Asheville, Alabama, he recorded this. It's an awesome song, but... Uh, I'm Tim Spain, live from Dega Nation, alongside my good friend, Stephen Wilson, CEO of SpeedwayDigest.com, just right outside of Richmond International Raceway. We will be right back right after this song.
And we're back. Hey, Stephen. Live. Can you hear me, son? Hey. Yeah, I got you, man. We're we're back here. We're gonna we're gonna wait uh, here. We got a couple minutes here before I think uh, BJ and Cloud will be on here with us at the bottom of the hour. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, there's a lot going on this past weekend at Kentucky Speedway, and uh, you know, we can we can we can probably pick this pick this conversation up just a little bit into uh, when. Uh, uh, BJ gets into the uh, conversation here in a minute, but you know, right, you know, Brad Keselowski. I want to talk about this just for a minute. This past weekend, you know, this is his fourth DNF, a DNF in the last seven races. This is his fifth overall this year. Um, he, he after leaving the the mandatory ride to the Infield Care Center, he made some care, uh, some statements on SiriusXM NASCAR. Uh, where he said that the car uh, was a poor excuse and a poorly designed car. Uh, he, he also made note to the fact that he believes that it needs to be redesigned. However, you know, you've got Martin Truex Jr. who won the race in there uh, that, that said that it was based on frustrations. It was based on the fact that he's not running well this, this season. You also had Kyle Larson who also made uh, – you know, made comments to the fact that he was uh, he drove to the field twice after starting in the back. He had a penalty. He had to start in the back once. He had to uh, start in the back right at the beginning of the race. So you know, here is a driver that is um, quote unquote the the leader of the drivers' council who is out supposedly out in the face making these rules. Uh, crafting rules and helping craft rules for NASCAR, um, trying to uh, do things that has, you know, not been, you know, a more collaborative environment in the series in many, many years. So, you know, based on his comments, what do you think about some of the, some of the things that he said? I really don't know, Steve. I mean, you know, uh, that's just the way he is, you know. I mean, you know, uh, he makes statements and all that stuff, but uh, I want to make sure that you can hear me, Stephen, because my power just went out and everything come back on. Am I still good? But oh no, you're you're good. I got you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. But yeah, uh, I don't know, Stephen. I mean, uh, I couldn't hear a lot of everything that you were talking about, so I uh, would rather not comment because I was trying to get everything back going, and I've got. Me and you both back live, and I think we've got our caller coming in there, Stephen. But yeah, uh, I really don't know, Stephen. I mean, huh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that that that's okay, you know. Uh, and the the series, you know, after this uh, this past weekend, you know, there there's been a lot of talk on to this. Uh, you know, Steve O'Donnell and others in, in the sport have talked about that. You know, potentially they're courting a fourth manufacturer to come into back into the series. Um, they're talking about that potentially in the next couple of weeks they are going to begin working on the next generation of the of the car that will be presented onto the track within the next two to four years. So you know, are these comments come at a time when you know NASCAR is not only you know courting. Uh, uh, another manufacturer, whoever that may be, but also at a time when when NASCAR is beginning to have those conversations on the next car that will be presented and raced on the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Stephen. And for some reason, the good Lord must not want us to do this show tonight because 
Uh, both my laptops have crashed. Uh, we've lost power, and I want to thank you very much for hanging in there and helping everything out. But, Stephen, and like I said, I'm going to hand the reins over to you, but at this time I would like to bring on uh, driver of the number 51 Chevrolet this past weekend for Rick Ware Racing at Kentucky Speedway, Mr. B.J. McClaren. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! B.J., how you doing tonight? Well, Stephen, if I bring him off the mute. Sorry about that, B.J., I had you on it. We have had power outages here in Talladega. Stephen's up there in Richmond trying to handle everything. I will. I want to apologize for all these glitches. But anyway, B.J., right. I had you on mute. I brought you on. How you doing tonight, bud? You doing okay? Doing good, man. How about you guys? I'm doing great, BJ, and uh, I'm sort of working on a on a uh, on a uh, limited deal here. Uh, my internet's in and out. I'm on my I'm on my cell phone, but I want to congratulate you on your deal there with uh, Rickware Racing and everything and everything that went on there at Kentucky Speedway. And I want to ask uh, one question. I'm gonna hand you over to Stephen and everything. How does it feel to make your first uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series start there and finish the race? I mean it. It must have been a blast, but oh, it was awesome, man! I love uh, mile and a half stuff, and you know, just going fast and drove uh, Xfinity cars. I, I, I think I got close to 100 starts now, but I um, the only Cup race I've ever been able to run was at New Hampshire in 15. And New Hampshire's an exciting track; like I love it, it's a lot of fun. But these uh, mile and a half tracks, I always thought would be exciting with the Cup cars, so. It was awesome to get a chance to do it. And I'd say thanks to Bubba Burgers and Willie Trucking and definitely Rick and Lisa Ware and Cody Ware for uh, letting me, you know, drive the car this weekend. It was it was really, honestly, driving through one and two at night once the sun fell was one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. So I uh, really enjoyed it and definitely hoping to get to do more. Sounds good, BJ. And, uh, you know, Kentucky went through another repave this time. And, uh, they also, uh, NASCAR brought the tire dragon up there, and they, you know, drug the tires, which is called the tire dragon, but they call it D-R-A-G-O-N. But they only sort of went maybe, you know, a uh, a, a groove and a half up. Uh, what was your preferred groove? Did you like, did your car like the bottom better, BJ, or was you sort of half and half, you know, as far as going up on the, up on the half groove that they drug in there? No, I was definitely bottom both ends. Um, I think all the fast car, everybody was fastest on the bottom uh, pretty much the whole race. It was definitely a, a quick track the other night. It was fresh pavement. This and Texas right now are pretty entertaining with how uh, how much grip they have. And, and you know, BJ, uh, with this being, you know, like I mentioned, your first uh, cup, cup Series start, is, is there anything else in the future for – B.J. McLeod or B.J. McLeod Motorsports uh, going forward in the Cup Series? Um, you never know. We, uh, you know, right now I'm having fun maybe driving for Rick um, in the Cup Series, and then we're trying to keep working on our Xfinity program and, you know, get it to where hopefully we could run top 20 every week. Um, you know, we're getting close to 25th pretty much all the time, and we're, uh, you know, we had a couple really good weeks. We had Iowa both cars finished inside the top 20. Tommy Joe got an 11th for us, which was awesome at Iowa. And then, uh, you know, we got lucky and finished 11th at Daytona, 
with my car, and then uh, Jeff Green finished 20th. So we had a lot of you know a couple good weeks in a row, and then come to Kentucky, finished 24th with my car, and uh, just want to keep working on the Xfinity deal and getting it better each week, and hopefully drive Rick's car some more. And then you know, and if, I I know myself seven years ago we started the business and it was super late models, and now we're running Xfinity full time with two cars. I can almost guarantee I'll have a cup car sometime in the next three or four years, but we'll just have to wait and see when it happens. That sounds good, BJ. And again, thank you very much for coming on and uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. And I'm going to hand you over to, uh, and, oh, and uh, good luck in your future endeavors and everything. And we also uh, we also follow you on uh, on your on your Xfinity series stuff too, BJ. But thanks again. You know, like I said, I'm. I'm sort of limping here in Talladega. Uh, my power goes on and off, and I'm on my cell phone, so I'm going to hand you over to uh, SpeedwayDigest.com with Mr. Stevens. Mr. Steven Wilson is right outside of Richmond. Thanks again, BJ. All righty. Yep. Thanks for having me. BJ, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Uh, you just talked just a little bit about what you guys were able to pull together there at both Iowa and at Daytona the week prior to Kentucky. How much does it really mean to a team like yours that has uh, – you know, you've got multiple teams out there, and you've been working with a, uh, a fairly different crew of drivers throughout this season. You've had Tommy Joe in the car. You've been in the car. Jeff Green's been in the cars um, throughout the season. So what does it mean to you guys, and how much does it help your stability going forward as you start looking for more for more sponsors and more uh, partnerships? Well, I guess as a team it was just, I mean, a really good for my guys for momentum, just to know that it's possible to run up there. And, you know, fuel strategy and and the way the pits played out at Iowa was the reason why we were in 11th at the end of the race with Tommy Joe. But if you look back at the whole race, he was only outside the top 20 for like the first half. And then he raced inside all the way up into the top 15 before the fuel strategy started. So, you know, we were a legitimate top 15 car that day with his car and I was actually inside the top 15 for 70 or 80 laps and had a bad restart and then got a speeding penalty on pit road, trying to make up for it. Just made some mistakes on my side that, you know, ended up costing me a a top 15 finish, but you know, we were legitimate top 15 cars there. And, you know, for, for my guys, it's just nice because, you know, we, we started out Daytona February last year with two new teams and, you know, did everything we could, made it to all the races and got five top 20s, but definitely never ran as strong as we ran at Iowa there, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And just to know that you can do it, it, it makes it easier to turn around and come back and redo it because you know it's possible. So big for the team. And then, you know, as far as building it, moving it forward, the momentum's huge moving forward. And, you know, we went right back to Daytona and yeah, it was strategy. I was outside the top 25. I think I was 25th or 24th with, you know, like 10 or 12 to go. And we, I just, I had decided to be smart and stay behind the big draft, just, just stay hooked to it and try to dodge everything. And Jeff, you know, he was right up the middle of it in the top 15 all day doing a great job. And, you know, he got caught up in the wreck. He finished 20th and I didn't get caught up in the wreck and finished 11th. So, you know, to, to, you know, we weren't, we weren't a top 10 car, but I actually think my car was a top 10 car, but I didn't get up there and prove it. I was being more of an owner that day and taking care of the stuff and, making sure we had one solid car, but it, uh, you know, it was definitely an awesome weekend to go two weeks in a row having top twenties and, 
um, just big momentum building for the team. And, you know, we're, we're working hard each week trying to get better and, you know, we're making improvements and racing strong against the people that, you know, we, we race with every week and that are kind of in the same budget area as us. So, I mean, it's, it's just, you got to keep working with this deal and move forward and try to get better. But if you look at the progress since February of 16, we, you know, I'm way better as a driver than I was then. And we're definitely way better as a team too. So we just got to keep doing the same stuff and, and we'll keep getting better each week. You know, this is, this is a question that I pose a lot of times to a lot of different people in in the series, and you know, it gets a lot of different reactions. You know, from from a driver and an owner, and especially one that you know is fairly new into the series that has built up and you know coming off some knees, especially at Iowa, where doesn't really get to see a whole lot of uh, Monster Energy drivers coming or a lot of crossover drivers into it. You know, from you and your perspective. Uh, how much of that really does help or hurt the series, especially a series that, you know, we, we've seen it grow and contract and go, grow and contract over the years. But, you know, as, as we've seen different drivers come through and, you know, uh, you know, one could argue at one time it could sell tickets, but that's no longer the case anymore. But from your perspective, what do you see uh, this and the, the biggest, the biggest, uh, change that you think could be made to help you or some of your competitors out there in the field? Okay. I, I'm trying to understand the question because part of it broke up. I'm on my cell phone too. Um, was it, was it <laughs> okay. that, trying to figure out what would help teams? In my, I'm trying to, I'm sorry. You just got to repeat it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, over the last couple of years, obviously, you know, the Xfinity series has grown and contracted, you know, over time. And, you know, even before at one point, you could say that, you know, Monster Energy Series drivers coming into the series, you would sell tickets, but that's no longer the case. From you and your perspective as a driver and owner, especially one that's newer to the sport, what do you see from your perspective that you think could grow the sport uh, you know, even though that NASCAR has changed some of the roles and limited the amount of times that they could race in the series, but what do you feel that could help you and your competitors in that series to kind of break away and, and kind of get back to that, that if the your names are made here series? Well, I, you know, I, I wish I had a perfect answer. I'd go tell, you know, work with NASCAR right now and we would just make everything perfect. But I, you know, looking I see the TV ratings, the stuff that comes out and says that the TV ratings are off. And I see, you know, like at Daytona, we had a small crowd, but there was a ton of weather we were fighting. But I also see the racetracks that are packed, like New Hampshire and Kentucky. And there's, you know, there's plenty of races that we go to that you're like, wow, there's a lot of people here. So, you know, and I know with the TV stuff, you know, a lot of people record it. And there's just, there's so many different ways to watch TV now. You can watch it on your phone or your laptop. Like, it's just hard to keep up with. So I don't know. I don't have enough knowledge to know what to do to help make the sport bigger than it is right now. I don't think, but I'm just, I just can find it hard to believe that it's struggling any more than NFL or any other major sport because we're, I mean, they're doing a great job. Like we've got good races, you know, awesome drivers, you know, it's, it's, it's good entertainment now. And especially I think the stage racing made it way better in my opinion, you know, for the fan, I I'm good either way as a driver, but it, uh, it's definitely, you know, a big deal to 
you know, just keep working on. And, and, you know, NASCAR does a great job at trying to make things better and, and working to advance the sport. And I, you know, I, I just don't know the exact answer. And as far as the cup drivers being in or out of the Xfinity series, I'm, I love racing against them. I think they help sell tickets. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, there's no proof yes or no on that, but I, um, you know, I'm for them being here and, you know, if, if NASCAR says they can't run as much, then it just is what it is. But I don't, I don't think that taking the cup series drivers out of the Xfinity series is the answer. I don't think there's no immediate answer to make anything really better right now, because I think it's pretty good. I don't, I mean, like I said, it may sound stupid, but I just don't, I don't see it being that bad right now. We've still got a great sport and everything is, is moving forward and things are getting better. And I just, you know, I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. Tim's got a few buttons sorry, over there on there. the side that. Oh no, Tim's got a few buttons over there on the side that you know I don't get to see. Uh, so my last question to you is: is that you know as 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 a driver and as an owner more specifically. You know the the NASCAR K&N series and the the ARCA series. Those two series have gone to composite bodies out there. Do you think that's something that could help you guys out, especially fighting the increasing costs? Well, we are. You know, they're working on a composite body version that they're going to have at, I believe, it's going to debut this year um, at some point, and it's definitely going to help the overall cost once we get switched to it. So, you know, that's definitely a a good direction to go and it's going to help, you know, it's going to help small teams and big teams alike. So I know they're working on it and we'll see when it gets debuted, but it, uh, it's definitely going to be a a good thing for the series for sure. DJ, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight and talk with us before you uh, get out of here. We're going to let you, uh, Thank all your sponsors. Let us know how everybody can follow you and your team on social media. And, again, appreciate you taking the time to come on here, and good luck in the rest of the 2017 season. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. And, like I said, just a big thanks to Bubba Burgers and Lily Trucking and Rick and Lisa and Cody Ware for the cup deal. And just uh, I have a lot of people that help me out with my with my team and just everybody that helps support me and get me to the track. I really appreciate it. And, we will uh, we'll just check out bjmcloudmotorsports.com if you want to keep up with what we're doing, and we'll see what happens here in the future. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Take care. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. That was BJ McLeod with BJ Motorsports and driver the number 51 Rickware Racing Monster Energy NASCAR race this past weekend out there at Kentucky Motor Speedway. we got a few more minutes here, about 10, 12 minutes here before Dennis Beckmeyer, president of Richmond Raceway. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to change what I always say. It's Richmond, it used to be Richmond International Raceway, but it's now Richmond Raceway, and he's going to come on here in just about 10 or 12 minutes here to talk about all the things that they came out here today and uh, uh, debuted. So uh, what do you want to talk about, Tim? we got about 10 minutes, so. Oh, well, yeah, I bet you just brought up a very good question, Steve. I, I was going to ask you about that. You know, it's, it went from RIR to Richmond Raceway, and you just brought that up. So I want to 
I've you know I've been at work all day. You know you you have too, but uh, I've not really had time to sort of listen to all the press conference stuff and going on, and not check my PR stuff. But yeah, uh, can you let us know why they went from RIR to just Richmond Raceway? Well, this is something that they actually said that began way back in the spring. If everybody noticed that all the walls were changed and the branding on the walls were changed and the international was actually dropped from the walls. However, the, the track was still considered Richmond International Raceway. The, it, it's social media, it, it's website, uh, all, all the things surrounding itself. But in the spring race out there, they changed all the walls. They went back to, well, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's the Winston Red because that's what it will always be to me. Um, and they changed and put the old Richmond Raceway on it because the prior to being Richmond International Raceway, it, it was always called either the Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway or, or Richmond Raceway. So, and it was prior to being Richmond International Raceway, it was Richmond Raceway. So they're going back to the historical aspect of this. Um, it holds a lot of historical significance to the track, the fairgrounds, and everything that used to be there on site there, going all the way back to 1945, 1946, when it originally opened, something like that. Um, so, you know, this is something that they've had in the works for a while. It's kind of not been, you know, it was a little bit noticeable that people saw in the spring. But this is finally and officially now a complete rebranding of the track, the facility, and all the grounds that are around there at Richmond, uh, Richmond, I'm about to say it, Richmond Raceway. Uh, so, you know, Dennis and all those guys, um, Mike, everybody at Richmond, and uh, they've been working very hard about rebranding this track. And, you know, Richmond is the next in line that once Phoenix is done with their complete overhaul, Richmond is next in line for their overall. So, you know, I've got, you know, I've got, there's a couple of questions that I, I'm going to ask uh, Dennis later on tonight, and uh, we're, we're going to get into a little conversation on that and see what their thought processes are. But, you know, this is really a historical significance to, you know, the, the raceway itself. Yeah, exactly, Stephen. And, uh, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know how long Dennis can stay on, but, you know, it's like you and I talk about every week. The guests we had on, but, you know, we, I want to thank B.J. McLeod again there, and I want to thank Miss Alyssa Ware. I've been working with her for the past couple of weeks, uh, texting, emailing, and, you know, all this stuff, and it sort of worked out really, really well getting uh, B.J. McLeod there on making his Cup Series start there at Kentucky, and he done a really, really good job, and, uh, but Stephen, uh, before we come up here at the bottom of the hour, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We're gonna—I I just hope Dennis can stay on, and uh, I don't want to pressure him to stay on longer than he has to. But I want to thank you again for getting him on. Like I had texted you earlier, I was at work, you know, doing some doing some computer stuff here at Coos Valley Electric, and I was listening to Sirius XM NASCAR Channel Nine, listening to Dennis Bigmire there, and I—I uh, I was thinking, I said, you know, we got BJ McLeod coming on at 7:30 Eastern time, and I said, I bet you Stephen would love to have Dennis come on it. I was fixing to text you, and all of a sudden, you sent me that text. You said, B.J. McLeod, 7.30 Eastern Time, question mark. I said, yes, sir. And I I, I could, 
I read your mind. I knew where you were going with it. I never had to ask you, and I, I said, yes, sir, if you can get him, get him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I figured that you would read my mind on that one, but, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting um, what he's got to say on this, and uh, we'll uh, see what they have to say here in just a couple of minutes. Exactly, Stephen. Steve, let's take a little quick break because I know you got a little long winded there with BJ, but let's take a little quick break. Uh, I'm Tim with Spain, live here in Talladega, Alabama, alongside of my good friend, CEO of SpeedwayDigest.com. Just up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, just right outside of RIR. Well, I can't say RIR, right? Well, I guess the king, right, right outside of Richmond Raceway. We will be right back just after this little quick song. Steve, we'll be right back. <laughs> Walking down the street, hand in mind, it don't keep them other guys. And that one eyes are looking at you. But it's alright, and that's okay. Who could blame them anyway? You're so pretty, and you ain't even got a clue. Live from Talladega, Alabama, I'm Tennis Spain, alongside my good friend up there in the Commonwealth of 
Virginia, Mr. Stephen Wilson's Speedway Digest. Stephen, I'm coming up here on the bottom of the hour. We've got President of Richmond Raceway, Mr. Dennis Pickmire, coming on. And I'm sure I'm at, like I said earlier, before we went to a break there, I've got a ton of questions. I know you do, too. But uh, I'm going to keep mine short, and I'm going to let you have him uh, for the most of the night. Stephen, I, real quick here, I want to touch on one thing. Uh, uh, this might be the first year in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series that we might have 16 winners or more. Do you think it's possible? You know, it's going to be hard to tell because as of right now, Jojo's Racing is not on top of their game. None of them have won. They're all having uh, very lackluster seasons at this point. Um, we haven't seen uh, Kendall go to victory lane. We, uh, uh, we haven't seen Kyle Busch go to victory lane. He's been very frustrated about that. He hasn't won since last year, um, middle part of last year or so. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, Suarez hasn't been, Hamlin hasn't been. You know, none of those teams are really out there um, performing. And those are the teams that are kind of, that, that took up a lot of those spots in 2016, uh, especially during the summer period. We've seen three first-time winners this year with uh, Austin Dillon, Ryan Blaney, and uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. taking up three of those spots, three spots that we didn't think were going to be taken up. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of races still left to go before we get to Richmond here in about six, seven weeks or so. And, uh, you know, anything is possible, you know, uh, to, to get those to get those spots filled up. And some of these drivers are definitely, they're sitting on the outside right now, and they have cause for concern as to if we start getting too many more winners, they're definitely going to be sitting on the outside watching the playoffs. Um, basically from the bench, per se. And also, Stephen, we have uh, Joe Logano there from uh, Roger Penske Races there. Uh, he is that encumbered race win. And per the NASCAR rule book, the encumbered race win means he got he got the win, but he does not get the points and he does not get the win that will lock him in to the 2017 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, chase or playoffs. What? What have you? Do you think Joey Logano will get a win down the road to actually lock himself in? Or, I mean, you know, that encumbered win there, I mean, you know, we could talk about that for the NASCAR rule book all night long, Steve. You know, Joey Logano has the potential to get a few more wins. I think we're going to New Hampshire this weekend. He's won up there. So look at him to potentially do something up there that gives a good opportunity to get that encumbered win and take that back for to get him pushed over into the the playoffs coming up. As far as where else, where I would look for him at to come and get a little bit of redemption at, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I just don't know at this point. You've got Pocono, you've got Watkins Glen, you've got some tracks coming up that I'm just not sure if he's going to be able to make it out there. But I think if anywhere he's going to be able to do it, I think this weekend at, at New Hampshire. And Stephen, also, you know, uh, Dale Hart Jr. announced earlier this year, and we talked about it, and we drug it to death that uh, he's going to step out of the car, out of the 88 uh, Chevrolet there for Hendrick Motorsports. And a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, he didn't win here at Talladega. Uh, he didn't win at Daytona. And everybody says, uh, you know, this weekend is Dale Jr.'s track. 
and uh, you brought up a good point there. I mean, does Dale Jr. get a win? And then, then again, if he gets the win, which will put him in the chase, but then again, if we have more than 16 winners, where does that put Dale Earnhardt Jr. as far as running for a championship this year in the 2017 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series? I think his best his best opportunity to win is he's going to have to he's going to have to look at Pocono at this point. Um, he, he swept it, you know, just a couple of years ago, and that's that's that right there is going to be his high water mark at this point. He he didn't put he, he he just has not had a good season at Daytona this year, and you know Taldega didn't suit him very well. He didn't win there. You know, arguably he should. Have potentially won there, so he should have. If anywhere, those were his three points to win to get into the playoffs this year. But you know, Pocono is another track that suits him well. It drafts out there like you do at a Pocono or you do at a at a Daytona. Uh, it, it's just about being able to go out there and run that 400 miles. And I think if anywhere is going to come up that he's going to be able to win a race, it's going to have to come at Pocono, and it's going to have to come very quickly. Stephen, who does Hendrick Motorsport put in the 88 car in 2018? You know, there's a lot of surrounding about this. You know, does does now Kendrick go over there because, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know because there's a lot of seats for Kenseth to go to. But you know, Alex Bowman did a heck of a job when he was in that car. Uh, Dale Jr. has also given him kind of the, you know, seal of approval when he was in that car. So I think there's a lot of who they put in that car is going to come down to, you know, Dale Jr. did say that he's going to get some say into this. The sponsors get some say. Hendrick gets some say into this. So there's a lot of people that are going to get some say. I think Bowman is a guy that, you know, he's got a lot of talent out there, and he's going to have an opportunity to get in that number 88 car potentially, you know, once this all settles down. I Hopefully, potentially, because they've got William Byron coming down the line, and he's going to need at least another year or so before he can get in whatever other car that, you know, Hendrick Motorsport is going to have open for them. Stephen, at this time, let's go ahead and bring on Richmond Raceway. President Mitchell Dennis Beckmeyer in the pit stop. Give us painting, Stephen. Let's get ready to rumble! Dennis, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm great, guys. Thank you. Uh, it's been a fun day. Uh, thanks for uh, for having me on. Dennis, thank you very much for coming on. And I know it's been a long day for you, a fun day. Uh, Steven's been following everything at Richmond. I keep wanting to say RIR, but like we were talking <laughs> earlier, it's uh, it's now it's Richmond Raceway, Dennis. But again, thank you very much for coming on. I know your day has been very busy, Dennis. We have we had an early uh, press conference today, nine o'clock, but uh, it was a it was a lot of fun. We uh, announced two big two big things today. We, we rebranded the racetrack, uh, Richmond Raceway. You know, we've been Richmond International Raceway since 1988. Certainly, uh, you know, this is kind of a, an evolution, really, uh, as we point towards the future. But uh, we're always very proud of our past and, and where we've come from. And, and then the other piece of that, too, and, and thinking about the future and talking about the future is uh, we announced a $30 million renovation project uh, to our infield today, 
And uh, I think it's an exciting time. It's uh, creating a new attraction for our race fans, again, as we point towards the future. And then it's just been a couple of years since Suzanne and myself have uh, visited Rich- Richmond Raceway. But uh, we want to thank you again. I've thanked you multiple times for allowing us to come up there with uh, Stephen and his wife, Ann, Ann, Ann Marie, there. But we had a blast when we were up there. And we're, and we're definitely going to come back. But, uh, Dennis, can you talk a little bit about how how everything is going to is gonna fold out with this new renovation with the new Victor Lane that uh, is coming out further, coming out closer to where the fans can see it? And correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, but from what I've heard, uh, I listened to you on Sirius XM NASCAR uh, Channel 90 this morning, and uh, it's going to be similar, and I don't want to take away from Richmond, but it's going to be similar to uh, – Daytona International Speedway, you're 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 bringing a uh, sort of a where the fans can get closer to the garage area, correct? Yeah, definitely. There's a there's a lot of pieces to this to this infield project, this fan zone area. So I think first and foremost, I think one of the key elements you mentioned is the opportunity to really kind of immerse the fans into the sport. And with that, we're we're building new uh, Cup Series garages. And the fans are actually going to be able to walk in. Uh, there's going to be a fan side of the garage. And so literally they'll be separated by a, a small uh, kind of divider. But you'll be able to see the teams right there working and prepping the cars, getting ready for practice or qualifying and getting ready for the race. So it's really an opportunity for fans to walk into the garages like they've, they've never been able to do before. And then Victory Lane, as you mentioned, we're going to move Victory Lane out uh, on the fan zone side of the racetrack. So all of our fans who who have the fan zone admissions can come in there after the race and, and, and be part of that victory lane celebration. Uh, there's some interactive areas within the fan zone as well. There's like four kind of, we, we call them uh, shade structures right now. We don't have a better name for them just yet, but really kind of four areas where fans can hang out sit in a table, enjoy the food, enjoy something to drink, uh, music and driver Q&As and things like that. So we really kind of recreated and redefined that space. And, and for our friends in the media, we're building a new media center as well. So there's a little bit of something for everybody in there. And Dennis, again, I want to go ahead and hand you over to, to Stephen because Stephen was a big part of you coming on the show tonight. And uh, Suzanne and I, we're dealing with some storms, but I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside, Dennis, and thank you very much for everything you and Richmond do for the sport, and congratulations on everything. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, you guys be safe with those storms. Yes, sir, we will. Thanks, Dennis. Stephen, you got the floor, bud. Yes, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. As far as the $30 million renovation that you guys are going to do to the infield, is that, and correct me, is is this part of a phased approach into when Phoenix finishes out their overhaul, moving into Richmond, getting theirs, or is this more of a, you guys are getting feedback from not only the the fans but from the garage area and moving towards you know renovating the infield on your guys' own. Yeah, Stephen, you know it's a little bit of both actually. You know, I think uh, 
one of the key elements is we've we've been going through a master planning process for a couple of years trying to to really look at the full thousand acres that we have out there um, at the raceway and and what we can and, and what we're able to do with that thousand acres so there's obviously the the racetrack piece of this and, and then the rest of the property and we're a we're a multi multi-purpose facility we've got a lot of events that go on out there so it's actually been um kind of a complicated puzzle actually and and as i said to everybody in the press conference today it's basically taking a thousand acre puzzle and pulling that puzzle apart and then trying to put it back together and you know you and i we'd probably start putting a puzzle together with the outer edges and then work to the inside this is completely opposite. This is we picked the, the the center of the racetrack, which is the infield, to start, and felt like we needed a strong core, and then build out from there. So that's really been the key for us, and and trying to to zero in on you know where do you start a big a big project, and and hopefully we get this right in the infield, and then we'll see if it opens up opportunities for us to continue that you know from the center out. That that's really the goal. And, uh, and, and again, it's, it's up to us and our team to, to make that happen. The one thing that I noticed in one of the drawings earlier today is that it looks like the Xfinity Series garage will move to the backstretch where the old grandstand was. Has there, has there been any talk and discussions as to how that's going to work yet, or is that still in the planning phases? No, there's definitely been a lot of discussion about that. So the, the, the Xfinity Series garages will move to the backstretch, but what's what's interesting about that is we've watched the last two races at Martinsville Speedway and how they coordinate uh, with the with the Camping World Truck Series, where the Truck Series come in, they unload, and then they move to a location um, uh, outside the racetrack at Martinsville. We're going to follow that same procedure and what they do as well. So um, you know, it's nothing. It's not like it's something new to our sport. It's it's happening uh, at Martinsville with with the Camping World Truck Series. So we we feel feel like we've got it uh, mapped out pretty well and, and very efficient for the Xfinity Series teams. Going back to the historical aspect onto this, you know, people probably noticed the slight changes that you guys started back in the spring. You changed the walls out there and. You know, we'll, we'll just go ahead and call them the Winston Red colors because most people do remember <laughs> them uh, on the on the walls because they, you know, when you go and you look at those colors, people instantly and somehow gravitate back to those colors somehow. And, and at the end of the day, it makes those cars look like they're racing 250 miles an hour out there at any track that used to put those colors on. But you also did something spectacular you started this whole richmond raceway by just subtly changing the names on the ball back in the spring how did this come full circle and culminate to officially changing everything there at the track over yeah you know what was interesting about that is you know over the years and you hear a lot of people talk about uh racetracks by one name richmond or michigan or martinsville you know and um and you didn't hear a lot of people saying Richmond International Raceway, even though, you know, we have a lot of people refer to us as RIR. We felt it was it was really important to, uh, as we kind of went through this transition of rebranding the racetrack, uh, to your point, we kind of went back to some of our old logos. And we used to be the Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway, 
And if you look at that logo, uh, it had uh, it was red and black, which are the colors that we have now. It had a flag in it, which we've reintroduced a flag into our logo. Um, and then our next logo was in 1988 when we became Richmond International Raceway. And it had two very – it had a very distinctive-looking R's for the RIR. And we we pulled those R's out of that logo and reintroduced them into this logo. Uh, we did drop the international name. But as you mentioned in April, we put just Richmond on the wall. And if you watch that race on television, that Richmond really, really popped. You know, it used to say Richmond International Raceway. And think about how long that was. We want people to know when they're watching a race, man, they're watching NASCAR at Richmond. So it was a really bold, kind of distinctive look, and that's what we went for in this in this new logo and this new brand. And my final question to you is, going into the future of Richmond, is it somehow what's old is new? Is it somehow what? I'm sorry? Is it somehow that you know you're introducing some some of these new old and retro things? Is it is it more of a strategy of what's old is new? Oh uh, yeah, you know I think uh, Stephen a little there's definitely a little bit to that. Um, you know I think we always in this sport have to respect our history in our past, and and I will tell you Richmond's roots and NASCAR are really really deep. And um, so, yeah, I think there's a, there's a certain aspect of that where, you know, uh, where the retro piece of this uh, works and certainly the historical piece of it works. And, 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 it, and it's really about blending both. It's about, you know, giving a nod to our past uh, while also, you know, looking towards the future. I think we got to respect where we came from and, uh, and, then, and then look to the future as well. Dennis, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. I'm sure it's been a very, very long day for you, but I'm going to ask you one last thing. Let everybody know how they can follow you. The new social media sites there at Richmond, and I know you guys have a race coming up here in just a couple of weeks, about a month and a half or so out from now, uh, to cut this final race off in the regular season right there at Richmond Raceway. I appreciate you taking the time, and best of luck out there. I will see you in September. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, September 8th and 9th, uh, we get to crown the, the inaugural regular season champion for NASCAR, something new this year. And then next year we move into the playoffs in September. So another first for Richmond to, to crown this champion. But, uh, yeah, you can go to richmondraceway.com now. So everything changed over today, even my Twitter handle, which is uh, Richmond Prez with a Z. So I got to get used to that as well. But so many new cool and exciting things going on at the racetrack. I uh, really want to encourage everyone to, to go to our website and check that out for all the latest news and information. Thanks a lot, Dennis. You take care, and like I said, we will see you in September. All right, look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care. So and that was Dennis Bigmire, uh, Richmond Raceway president out there, just coming on with us talking a little bit more about their $30 million renovation and their new branding out there. Really cool stuff they've got going on, Tim. Yeah, Stephen, really awesome. You know, like I said, uh, thank you very much for getting Dennis there on. And, uh, you know, it was a last-minute deal there, and I'm glad he agreed to 
come on uh, the pit stop with Tennessee and Stephen Wilson, man. I had to, you know, get his insight on everything. I mean, that $30 million deal there, I mean, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you know, Su- Su- Suzanne and I, we, it's been a couple of years since we went up there, but Richmond Raceway, there I go. I'm getting it right, but <laughs> Richmond Raceway, there was, they, they, they had a lot of room there in the infield uh, to actually sort of do this deal. And, you know, like I posed the questionnaire to Dennis, uh, I had to bring up, you know, Daytona. I didn't want to take away from Richmond, but he said that they're, that, that they're doing that, uh, that fan, that fan experience there with, uh, with the garage, you know, for fans to sort of come up there and see what goes on inside a, uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series garage parts, Xfinity Series trucks, and all that stuff there. That a lot of people really don't, a lot of fans don't really get the get the uh, hot passes like you and I do to actually go down there and see everything. Which, like I say, hot when I'm talking hot, uh, NASCAR garage is hot. It is a working area, but Dennis is doing that to get them in there they're not really putting the fans in a actual working environment but they're going to get to see what uh, what all goes on with the teams and stuff far as the far as the car far as the crew chief talking to the driver I mean, that's a really big deal there for dennis and richmond raceway yeah it is because it's going to bring the fans much closer to the action that only goes on in on the track, but what goes on in the garage, too, it's going to open up a whole different uh, atmosphere to them. Some who's never experienced it before, and some who's going to see this from a totally separate or a totally new view than they've ever seen it before. They're used to just seeing cars sitting in a garage, some people working on it, and it's sitting out there on a racetrack running around. This is going to give it a more in-depth view of what goes on inside the garage. Exactly, Stephen. And uh, coming up this weekend, uh, we've got racing action at Loudon. I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you have some other speedway? Do you have everything up? Because, uh, you know, like I said, I apologize to you, and thank you for taking the reins. Uh, with our power outages blinking and off and on, I don't have the weekend schedule. Do you have it? Yeah, I've got the schedule out there for this weekend coming up here on Friday. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying will be 4.45 p.m. That's on Friday. And then NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying will be at 11.05 on Saturday to be followed later on that afternoon at 2, oops, sorry, uh, 4 p.m. Uh, for NASCAR Xfinity Series out there, 200 laps, 211.6 miles for them. Also have a Canon Series event out there, 70 laps for them to be immediately followed after the NASCAR Xfinity race. And then on Sunday, the Overton 301 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series out there, 301 laps, 318.46 miles. NBCSN has the coverage. PRN has your radio along with Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. And that's what's going on this weekend out there at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Thank you very much, Mr. SpeedwayDigest.com. I want to thank you for everything you do for us at the Pit Stop Radio. 
and everybody can follow us at uh, Speedway. Well, I'll let you do yours, but you can follow us at uh, at the Pit Stop Radio. You can follow me at at Kitty Lyman on Twitter. You can follow everything on Facebook, uh, the Pit Stop Radio with Tim and Suzanne in Spain, Speedway Digest Radio Network. We've got all kind of pages out there. Reverend Joe throws his stuff out there. And, uh, Stephen, uh, I want to thank you very much again. Let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, forward slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen, again, thank you very much for taking the reins, and I apologize for the technical difficulties we had here in Talladega, Alabama, but everybody follow SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, Brett Winningham, he's got all kinds of writers. Brett, uh, I don't want to leave nobody Caleb. out, but Caleb, uh, Brett, uh, Brett help Caleb. me out. Brett yep. and Caleb. Brett and Katie. You got to throw Katie out there, too. We can't leave Katie out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, all right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, we've run way, way, way over tonight, but, you know, that's only, uh, I mean, we, we got Dennis on here. We had to get him on here to talk about all the good things going on up there at Richmond, but I think that's yeah. been talked I'll... all I can tonight. <laughs> you need a break. You need a break, bud. But again, uh, we're going to leave you uh, live from Talladega, Alabama. We're going to leave you with a little bit of modern day Bonnie and Clyde talking about the Richmond Raceway not Richmond International Raceway and uh, uh, Steve and I we will be back next Tuesday night live from Talladega, Alabama we'll talk to you later I'm Tim of Spain alongside my good friend Speedway.is.com Mr. Steve Wilson. and we'll talk at you later see ya well it's a long way to Richmond rolling north on 95 
with Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.